This is a SABC Disability 360 feature on 5FM. Brought to you by the SABC Foundation. We are very lucky to have two in-studio guests joining us for a very important topic. Uh, In-studio right now, we have Cassie Chambers, who's the Operations Director of SADAG, and Mate Kotza, the Program Manager for the South African Federation for Mental Health. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us. It's wonderful to have you here. Good afternoon. Thanks Thanks for for having having us. So, uh, unfortunately, it is not the best topic, but it is super serious, and that's why we are are talking about it today on radio, because there have been way too many incidents that, that have occurred and I think, I think mental health, um, depression, anxiety, cyberbullying, all of these things we've, we've come across so often and the importance of them has almost been brushed aside. And then you find out about something like the suicide in Bramfontein of a young student who, who jumped off the building and who was being cheered on mm. by her peers, which enrages me, infuriates me and makes me incredibly sad. Um, and and the fact that people who wouldn't normally do something like that think that it's appropriate mm. is 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 mind boggling. Um, so I think before we start, um, SADAG is obviously the South African Depression and Anxiety Group, and then we have the South African Federation for Mental Health. Is depression and um, and other things leading to suicide? Is it is it mental health? Is it something? Can you consider someone to be disabled if they have a mental health problem? Or is it just a, a phase? Is it is it a short term thing? And now, I mean, because you've got people who've who've been fine their whole lives. They've been successful. They've been happy. Uh, they've been involved with relationships, friends, family, and only at a at a certain stage do they change. Does that mean that they've had a mental health issue their whole lives and it's been uh, sort of subdued, or was it something that occurred all of a sudden? I don't know who, which of you would would be better at, at explaining that. I think when we look at mental health, a lot of people have used the terms, I'm so depressed today. And they use it as slang, but they don't also see it as a real medical illness. So depression, anxiety, bipolar, even trauma and PTSD, these are mental illnesses. As you mentioned, when does it start? Have you always had it? Are you born with it? Mm. Obviously, if mental illness runs in your family, it may be genetic or hereditary. Maybe your mom or grandparents had it. It doesn't mean you're going to have signs and symptoms or that you're definitely going to have it from a child. There may be certain triggers that might happen. And the interesting thing, and also why university students and just young people are so important is because the onset for normal of these mental illnesses, depression, anxiety, the onset is normally in early, early adulthood or late adolescence. Really? So that's the first time that may be triggered. It might be your wow. first episode. And that's why we're seeing so many of these issues coming out when students are at university. I think also if we look at, um, you mentioned the difference between it being a disability mm. and just a short-term thing. Mm-hmm. Some people, especially with with illnesses like, for instance, schizophrenia or bipolar, they are usually chronic illnesses. So that's a lifelong illness that you have to manage. And that is usually when it is perceived as being a disability, a mental disability. And then you get um, some people can also have lifelong depression or anxiety. But with depression and anxiety, you can get um, times where it's triggered by certain events in your life. Mm. And if you are able to deal with that, you go for counseling, you receive medication, um, after a few months or a few years, you may be fine and it may never happen to you again. So that's kind of the distinction between when we talk about it being a disability or just an illness. I think what's also important for, for people to know, students in particular, is that there is treatment available. Just because you have one of these chronic illnesses or uh, maybe something that is onset through something that's happening in your life, 
whether it's a psychologist or medication that you mm. get, um, there is it's not a life sentence. Mm. You don't need to now do something dramatic and be like, oh, that's it, my life is over. Mm. Yeah. There are a lot of successful f- people, um, successful as in being able to hold a job, mm. having relationships. Maybe they are doing incredibly well in whatever sport or, or enterprise that they're in that have one of these conditions mm. and they are managing it. Mm. And just because they're not telling people about it on social media um, or, you know, walking around with a billboard doesn't necessarily mean that they're not dealing Mm. with or managing Mm. one of those things. Um, With cyberbullying, the internet, social media being what it is, have you found that there has been a a spike in cases where um, there is uh, depression, there are um, suicidal thoughts, either because people have seen and this is going to sound sick, but it's, it's a reality, either because people have seen the attention that somebody gets after they say that they want to commit suicide or they see after someone has committed suicide how many people have have come on and and there's been this outpouring of love mm. it's a it's a delicate it's a delicate thing but i almost feel that the people that were cheering on the students in brahm may they didn't take her seriously because they've maybe seen it too often mm-hmm. people crying wolf and this wasn't one of those cases. Mm. It and wasn't. It, and how do you differentiate? And I think with social media where there's instant information at your fingertips, people use it. And what we've seen at SADAG is, is a huge spike in the number of people turning to social media for two different reasons. Mm. Either they're going to social media to express how they're feeling, how they're not coping. It's almost like a cry for help. Yeah. So they're posting on Facebook, I can't do this anymore, I can't cope. They're posting pictures and comments. What normally happens is that people will just do a sad face or comment, think positively, or, you know, I love you. No one actually reaches out. So we Mm. have this virtual relationships that we have all the time. And then from that, the person actually doesn't get the help that they need. And it just gets worse because, again, a like or a comment, a smiley face or a sad face isn't going to help treat that person. It's a Band-Aid. It makes you feel better, like sort of Mm. temporarily. It's a smiley face Band-Aid. So you're like, oh, look, everyone can see. But the wound inside. It's still there. And what we're also seeing is that people will then post, you know, I'm going to commit suicide or oh especially on Twitter, there's there's pictures and they'll show pictures of their suicide notes no. or their rope. Or, no. And then they get a lot of response and it's retweeted and people's like, oh, don't do it. Please get help. Or No one then actually encourage it here is a number to call or this yes. is what you should do so yes. there's a lot of reaction and response yes. but there isn't enough action behind it and then what often happens is that say there is a suicide a lot of people say oh i should have done this mm. i could have done this so mm. we try to always say is you know obviously action in the right way don't just comment or do a, a, a post um how we've seen the negative side of social media as well is that we determine how many likes and retweets or smiley faces we have to to how we fit into society. So you'll send a sad post or desperate, and depending on what kind of response you get, then they, then you should feel better. When necessarily the person isn't that serious about taking their own life. Mm. So we kind of see that the downplay of mental illness on social media. Mate, is there anything you'd like to add to that? I also think that it just shows the um, the stigma that still surrounds mental health in the way that um, it's still perceived as, you know, you're looking for attention. Mm. If you say that, you know what, I'm depressed or I have anxiety or whatever it may be, there's always this kind of thing of, oh, they're just making it up. They're just looking for attention. It's not real. It's not a real illness. It's not a real problem. And I think that's really apparent in cases like these where, I mean, this person was literally standing on a ledge mm. and people didn't take her seriously. Is there, do you think that there should be a blanket approach to to helping or dealing with anyone who is um, showing signs of of wanting to to end their lives? 
Um, or do you think that you should, I mean, to try and decipher whether it is a cry for help or, or something more serious, mm. even though I think a cry, a cry for help is, is serious. Mm. Um, attention seeking is maybe the, the opposite. So someone who's literally, they're fine. Mm. They're just feeling like they broke up with a boyfriend, girlfriend, or had a fight with somebody and they want attention. Um, and they have no intention, mm. no intention of committing suicide. Or do you think you should say to them, listen, if you are going through something, and then if it's someone serious as well, listen, if you are going through something, this is what... This, like point them to the right direction because for us to try and decipher whether or not someone is is serious is it's also not up to us we're not trained for that exactly we're not there to assess i mean i think that's to take the pressure of people is that you don't have to fix their problems or to mm. save them um we had a lot of people asking what should it what should they have done if they'd seen this person standing on the ledge and i think it's also important what would you do if someone came to you who had just broken their leg in front of you and, and their bone is sticking out and it's you can see they're in pain you wouldn't try to fix them in front of you. You would True. get them to a doctor. You would mm. get them to a That's professional. A you would report it. Same thing with a mental illness. When you're seeing someone or you're hearing things that someone's not coping, um, ask them. Ask them directly. How are you doing? I'm concerned about you. Can we get you help? I think we don't have to go in and save the day and fix their problems, but you can get them help, just as you would with anyone who had a physical illness. And I think to take the pressure off and to really empower people what to say when to say it mm. um, and encouraging that person to get help or to link them up to help i think if we're teaching more people what to say at the right time i think we we, we may be able to pick up people mm. before it's too late and it's not about creating psychologists it's just about mm. giving people tools because whether it is somebody that you happen to come across or a family member let's say we we, we all grow up now we're, we're in our 20s maybe we're in our late teens we grow up and it hasn't happened to our, anyone in our circle but then we have children mm. and our children are showing showing signs mate are there are there signs that we should look out for it's not necessarily somebody posting on social media, mm. I don't want to be around anymore, but other signs that are maybe a little bit more subtle that we should look out for. I think, especially if you know the person, if it's someone in your family, if you're paying attention to them and you're spending time with them, you should be able to pick up that something is wrong. There will be changes, for instance, in their sleeping patterns. They're mm. sleeping more or they're sleeping less. There'll be changes in their eating patterns, eating more or less. They might suddenly become very withdrawn or quiet where they used to be kind of bubbly and talkative, or they might just become more quiet than they've always been. Um, we could see a lot of irritated behavior, lashing out, more angry than usual, um, kind of feeling very lethargic. Um, you notice that they just, they don't seem interested in anything anymore, even hobbies and things that they used to enjoy. So it's small things like this where it might be more difficult if it's someone that you're not close to, but if it's a family member or a friend, you should be able to pick up that, you know what, something has changed, something is not the way it used to be. Mm -hmm. I think just to also add to that, and you know, 75% of people who do commit suicide tell someone first. So you are able to have those cry for help. So whether someone mm -hmm. is saying things like, I wish I wasn't here anymore, or everyone would be better off if I was dead. So don't assume that if someone is suicidal or is in thinking of taking their own life, they're not going to say things like, oh, I have a plan, I'm going to kill myself. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you can pick up on those things that they're saying or doing, or they're writing, or they're posting more pictures. Mm -hmm. Or I think it's, again, it's just being a little bit more empowered as to what to possibly look for and then how mm. to ask them, are you okay? And then being taking that information, actually doing something with it. 
There have been a few cases um, over the past year with with big celebrities who have committed suicide and their family members um, post post their passing have said, but they were fine. They were musicians that were on tour. They had just come from a party. They were, there, were no, there was no cry for help. They had just been on the phone with someone. And then, I mean, surely there are also cases where you have no idea. Mm. And I think, again, when we're so consumed by everything that's happening around us, everyone is busy. You have a million mm. things on the go. And this is something that is always very sensitive. You would never go to someone afterwards and say, you know, after there's been a suicide and say, but did you see this? Mm. Did you see that? Yeah. You never want to highlight those kinds of issues. In the celebs, there's always been, you know, some articles and information that come out where they knew there was a history of depression or yeah. they knew that they had a problem, but no one was quite sure mm. what to do about it. Mm. So I think it, it can come as a surprise. Suicide again is something that is unnatural because we're we're it shouldn't be for someone to have to end their own life they shouldn't feel that desperate and that helpless to end their own life suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem and I think a lot of people sometimes don't even see that that they think it's blinkers so family yeah. and friends mm, yeah. they don't even think it could be a possible solution um, or an option and I think it's to make them also aware that you know, these things happen, and especially in South Africa, where we look at the high suicide rate that we have. There's 23 completed suicides every single day in the country, and that's just what's reported. That's just here in South Africa. Never mind the attempted suicides, where we have over 460 attempted suicides every 24 hours. So that's either someone who's tried to take their own life that didn't work or a family has intervened. You know, when, when you look at those figures, it's 460 families who are then you know having to deal with it there's mm. 23 people that have died families that are devastated this is a real thing that often we think happens to other people when it comes to um, the organizations that you are both a part of i think sadag is um, quite public um, both on social media uh, on radio on television um, there's posters there's campaigns people uh, should know the the number off by heart by now is there another avenue does the south african federation for mental health have an option or an avenue that people could could look at as well because I don't I don't want to say that you guys have become too commercial but I almost feel like people are used to hearing sad acts almost like mm-hmm. you're used to hearing someone saying I'm so depressed mm-hmm. you're used to hearing sad acts sad act. like maybe if they they know like this is this is a this is a, a connection to a doctor this is a connection for me to get drugs mm-hmm. like drugs to help me then it, it's almost like a, a level up from just speaking to somebody mm-hmm. Um, automatically do you, do you have any connections to anything like that we, we do we have a referral service that we run so if people call our national office um, and they tell us you know this is my need I'm looking for let's say counseling services or I want to see a psychiatrist this is the area I'm in I have medical aid I don't have medical aid we can help refer them to the right person we've also recently launched a youth website um, okay. regarding mental health which is just South African youth focused mm-hmm. um, it's called mymentalhealth.org that's that's great. I'm going to write that down. So it has a lot of information specifically targeted to youth because we recognize that the mental health problems that youth um, face, it's not always the same things that the general population is going to face. You're not going to talk to young people in the same way that you're going to talk to everyone else necessarily. Mm. So on the website, we have information about general mental health disorders, but we also have things that are more specific to young people like self-harm, suicide, um, eating disorders, exam stress. Um, and it's it's a resource that's going to keep growing. So they can get in touch with us through that as well. And on the website, we also have a list of the different national hotlines and helplines like SADAG's um, crisis lines so that if they need anything, 
the whole list is there and they can see what they can access. What's that website again? It's www.my, M-Y, um, mental. Yes, mental, or it's just mh.org. Cass, for those who, who've uh, maybe never caught on to the um, SADAG social media pages or they don't know the crisis line, they haven't saved it in their phone, they don't have it in case of emergencies. Can you give that to us? Yes, it's a toll-free helpline. It's open every single day of the year, 0800 567 567. And then it's, it's so important to offer as many resources to the youth. Wherever mm. they can connect with us, besides sending us a pigeon, would be great. Um, whether it be on a website, Facebook, Twitter, you know, what we're also finding, which I think the SAFED are also picking up, is that youth are going online. They're looking mm-hmm. for information at their fingertips. So whether it's watching a quick video on how to deal with a panic attack when you're about to write exams or what to say to a loved one, all that information is available. So please do use these resources, 0800-567-567 or www.sadag.org. We also have an SMS line. So if those that don't have enough airtime, that don't want to call us, they can SMS and account will call them back on 31393. Cassie, is there, um, I heard something about a hotline that was mm. launched to prevent student suicide from repeating. Is that different to the other lines that you've mentioned now? No. So what we recently launched is actually a dedicated helpline for medical students. Oh. We were picking up a lot of calls and issues happening with medical students attempting or committing suicide, dropping what? out. Um, burning out and yes. so for us it was a, a real major concern because these are the future doctors Absolutely. that are going to be treating us one day um, so we dedicated with we worked actually with Discovery who have sponsored the helpline and it's a 24 hour service to all medical interns uh, doctors, young doctors uh, those that are Students. doing internships just providing them crisis intervention so we can prevent them from you know dropping out or burning out or even taking their own life so that number is available to all medical students on 0800 323 323. We also get a lot of queries as to well, what happens to every other student that needs to get help. Mm-mm. They can still access help through SADAG. We're not going to turn anyone away. Of course. And they can still call us on our suicide helpline and get just the same counselling as well. I think what's also important to note is that um, obviously things like um, pressure um, and, and South Africa's probably, I think from a survey I read 2015 voted the second most stressful country yeah. to be in um so for us to we we are exposed to so much mm. whether it is watching out uh, because you're scared you're going to get mugged while you're walking on the road um you're scared about um somebody hijacking you you're mm. worried about being raped we've had the hashtag me too mm. campaign uh, doing the rounds and they've been Far too many, far too many cases. We know that we are exposed to a lot more than what other nations are. Mm. So the fact that there are these organizations like SADAG, uh, like the Federation for Mental Health here in South Africa, it is very important for people to have that access, to have that knowledge and to know that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And and we all feel it. I think us three, as, as women, can also say we're exposed to so much. We know that we're living in a very stressful age. We're living in a very stressful country, mm. uh, politically, um, socially. It is it is a lot. So if if you are going through something, don't feel that you are weak. Mm. Don't feel that you are not enough. Don't feel that you are embarrassed because it it is a lot for by any by any measure. It is a lot, and we are all 
just trying to get by. Mm. We really are. So if you do feel the need to speak to someone, you don't have a friend or family member nearby, please make sure that you get in touch with these uh, amazing organizations, uh, www.mymh.org. Otherwise, you can just check out SADAG on numerous profiles, uh, platforms as well, as well as uh, their website, www.sadag.org. And uh, people who are who are trained, who, who are in the know, will be able to assist you. Uh, are there any closing words from either of you ladies? Mate? Okay. <laughs> um, I think just to add what you were saying, that people really need to know there is help out there. Even if you feel that you can't speak to your parents or your friends or the people around you for whatever reason, there are people who care and there are people who want to help. So don't be afraid to reach out and don't think that you have to handle everything on your own. Mm. And guys need to know that as well because I think... definitely. Men are taught, men and boys are taught not to cry. Mm. They're taught to be angry and they're taught to, that, that that's more acceptable. And it's okay to, it's okay to have feelings. And it's okay to talk about that yeah. you, in a non-judgmental, confidential, anonymous way. The most important thing when everyone is feeling, you know, down or depressed, you feel alone. Like you're the only one in the world going crazy mm. and you're not. You know, sometimes speaking to someone else, just getting that support could literally be the difference between life or death mm-hmm. and it can make such a huge difference so whether it's you or whether you have a friend I think we also have to learn so that we can help others and and I think that's what the most important thing is that people are not alone that there is help ladies thank you so much for joining us on the weekend play date I think it's a very important uh, discussion we need to have not only during uh, mental health awareness month but throughout the year because mm-hmm. we are not only uh, stressed out or, or feeling the repercussions of our environment one month in the year. Mm -hmm. We need to be aware of our feelings and those around us all the time. And I think knowing that there are organizations like yours around is is comforting and it's wonderful. And I appreciate you. I think we all do. Thank you very much. Every day should be Mental Health Awareness Day. Big time. (laughs) This SABC Disability 360 feature was brought to you by the SABC Foundation. For more disability content, Visit SABC Disability 360 on Facebook or follow at SABC Disability on Twitter.